Welcome to The Bright-Eyed, a podcast dedicated toward empowering our generation. Each week, I interview teen changemakers who have a purpose, a passion, and are doing something about it. We are more than capable of changing our world for the better. Let's see who's rising to the occasion. I'm your host, Daisy No, and this is The Bright-Eyed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bright-Eyed. Now, while I usually interview teens, today I have an adult professional, and I like to bring these people on ever so often just to share their insights and advice with teens. So today I'll be talking with a youth motivational speaker and founder of Teenage Impact. He's the author of Never Fight Alone and the host of the podcast Teenage Impact. After being bullied for 15 years, he's made it his mission to help people find their inner confidence and strength. I'm so excited to introduce Shlomo Solzin. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Daisy, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Yes, thank you so much for coming. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you and dive into your story. Um, So kind of starting off, you're a motivational speaker. So when did you kind of start? Well, it's very interesting. I'm I'm 29 now, but I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur ever since I was in middle school. And I kind of dug that dream. You know, I was, I was a perfect student in middle school and high school, straight A's, A's and B's, AP classes, honor roll, part-time job at the movies, extracurricular activities, you name it. People saw me as this kid who was going to be successful. But deep down inside, Tony Robbins has a quote, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. So I felt like the ultimate failure. Going into college, I picked a major called Management Information Systems and Business Management, but I didn't really see a point of going to classes and seeing how these classes can translate to my success. Deep down inside, I knew I wanted to be an inspirational speaker. I was bullied for 15 years for how I spoke. Speaking was actually a weakness of mine for many, many years. I went to speech therapy for seven years. And so I said, you know what, since I love helping people, I love inspiring people, I know speaking is one weakness of mine, but actually, actually I can create speaking to be one of my strengths and gifts I provide to people. And that was about seven years ago, a little bit over seven years ago. And ever since I've been, you know, carving out my own path and I've come such a long way in the last year, now finally getting speaking engagements even during the whole pandemic and I just released my book. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you were talking about how public speaking wasn't definitely wasn't your strong suit when you were younger. Um, and I think a lot of people are like, oh, if I'm not a natural, then I shouldn't pursue it, right? Um, so can you kind of talk about um, how you built that skill, even though maybe you weren't like naturally gifted um, with like no effort, um, which hardly happens. Uh-huh. It's funny that you say that because when I'm hanging out with people, people always call me a natural. They said, Shlomo, you just love to socialize with people. Shlomo, wow, you speak so well. Like you're a natural, you're talented, you're gifted. But that definitely wasn't the case. It was so bad that, you know, when I was a kid, I wouldn't pick up the phone because I used to be insecure about how I I spoke. English wasn't my first language. You know, my mom was born in India, so this Indian language was my first language. And people would always pick on me, pick on me for how I spoke, mimic the way I spoke, picked on me the first 10 seconds of every presentation. So I used to be insecure. I wouldn't even participate in group discussions because I was afraid people would judge me. 
It wasn't until 23 years old I joined Toastmasters, a public speaking organization. I gave many speeches. I, I was competing in speech competitions. I was trained by professional speakers. I spent thousands of dollars to be trained by professional speakers. And any chance I got, whether it's at work, speech competition, pitch competitions, I was from my, I was, I had 15 leadership positions in the span of 10 years. So I, I spoke as much as possible. And I went from someone who was just not confident, someone who had to repeat himself every two minutes because people couldn't understand him, to after a certain amount of time, I built that confidence, I built that skill set. And that is just because I consistently put myself outside my comfort zone. People, people just don't develop gifts and talents just through a couple of times and a couple of tries. If you're not good at something, try staying consistent with it for five years. I guarantee you, you'll be good at it. So that's super cool that you got to do that. And then you found this like amazing gift that you have and you were able to like shape it and sharpen it and stuff like that. Um, so that's really amazing. And I think like looking at you now, it's hard to say like, oh, he probably doesn't get nervous at all. Like he's probably <laughs> like super great all the time. Um, do you ever like have any moments where you are actually anxious about speaking? I get nervous all the time. In fact, it's, for me, it's hard to articulate a lot of my words. You know, grammar is still a strong weakness of mine. I still mumble across some words. And sometimes when I stumble, I, I think in the back of my head, like, am I saying the right words? Am I articulating correctly? But I try not to, when I was trained by professionals, I try not to get these thoughts into me so much. But I, you know, I used to play a lot of sports. I used to run cross country and track. I used to get nervous before every run. And that's, that's just the reality of it. And in one of my podcast interviews uh, with Armand Chaudhary, he's a founder of Armani Talks. He said, you know, people view social anxiety and speech anxiety as anxiety, but use, turn the word anxiety into excitement. So speech excitement or social excitement. It's a lot more positive so instead of being nervous, you're actually excited, and these are actually good nerves. Um, so in your podcast, you kind of mentioned it earlier, and I'd love to talk more about it. But in your podcast, you talk about how bullying has kind of affected your life. Um, and personally, I thought it was a super inspiring story. And I think our listeners would really, really be inspired as well. Um, so could you just tell us a little bit about that story and how you kind of came out of it? Sure. I came from a very loving family. You know, my, my mom and dad showed me a lot of love. It had its pros and cons. Pros, it made me em empathetic, especially when I'm a leader in organizations and at work. But it also created like a soft side of me. You know, people taking advantage of me, people saying bad things about me and I'm not doing anything. And when people used to say stuff to me, I, I never used to, you know, do anything back. I used to come home and just cry. But I remember people would bully me for pretty much every reason you can think of. My race and my religion, I'm actually Indian, Pakistani, and Jewish. And I got both sides of the stick. I was in fifth grade when 9-11 happened. And so the other side was I wasn't athletic. 
and people would always pick pick me last and my mom would give me this big white bicycle helmet just so I could play touch football and I somehow still managed to get hurt uh, but but the most reason I would say people picked on me for was the way I spoke English wasn't my first language and like I mentioned before uh, people would mimic the way I s- spoke and also I was I was small and I was uh, in the ninth grade I was a hundred pounds five foot two smallest kid in class and Sometimes, you know, people use me as a punching bag, come home with bruises, crying. And you can see putting up with it year after year and really not looking forward to my days because knowing that I would be picked on for. And a lot of the times, these people who picked on me weren't just random people. They were my friends. And I, I guarantee you they didn't even know what they were doing back then because I didn't say anything. I kept my mouth shut. And for those of us who maybe haven't experienced bullying, um, what is kind of something that people or like some kind of like misconception people usually have about that kind of experience? Mm -hmm. Well, people think that bullying is like shoving someone in the locker or beating someone up every day and then taking their lunch money. But that's not, you know, that's one form of bullying is physical bullying. But there's so many different forms of bullying. I mean, nowadays, it's social media bullying that wasn't as common back then but now um there's a lot of people with social media bullying uh, people writing nasty comments another form of bullying is just making fun of them joking around with them saying the same joke to them consistently day after day um, and reminding them of some of their weaknesses putting them down versus lifting them up you know it's it doesn't have to be beating the person up. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you talk in your podcast episode about how um, there's kind of this like image of bullies that we all have in our head. Like they're, they just like have no souls. They're just mean, but you kind of talk about the other side of that. And I thought it was really interesting, like your ability to be empathetic, even though I'm sure going through that was very difficult to see that kind of side. Um, So could you just talk about maybe like why people bully or what drives people to do something like that? Sure. I was catching up with one of my old friends back in middle school, you know, just a few years ago. And he used to pick on me a lot and I used to hate it. I was, I was his friend, but at the same time he picked on me. But then he was telling me about what he was actually going through in middle school and high school. I, and I thought to myself, wow, I can't even imagine what he went through. A lot of times people are bullying someone else because they have their own stuff going on or someone else is bullying them to make themselves feel better. Even at times, I was a bully. I remember picking on this kid at 10 years old and uh, forcing him to give me a dollar or else I wouldn't be his friend and I got in trouble for that. But, you know, any chance I got to make myself feel better and take away the attention on me, I would take that chance. And and sometimes we make fun of others just so we can uh, make ourselves feel better or make ourselves feel better from the situations we have at our home. Um, and so kind of reflecting um, from where you are today, do you think you would have been the person you are if you didn't go through those challenges when you were younger? It's hard to really say, but I would, 
I would say I am the person today because of the challenges and I wouldn't go back and change it because it led me to becoming an inspirational speaker. It led me to now I'm getting speaking engagements, speaking to high school students. You know, I have a, uh, a speaking engagement virtually for a, a school in China, uh, which is pretty cool. It's a, I'm a mental health keynote speaker. And I, I wouldn't get these opportunities I am today in meeting all these people if it wasn't for the challenges I faced elementary school, middle school, and high school. Well, that perfectly wraps up the first segment of the interview. Um, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back. So be sure to stay tuned. Looking for a new read? Check out Shlomo's new book, Never Fight Alone. It has 51 inspiring interviews that'll help teens overcome their struggles and improve their mental health. You can purchase your paperback or online copy on Amazon with the link on his Instagram bio at Shlomo Solzen. All right, let's get back into the episode. Welcome back, everyone. So I'd love to talk to you more about your organization, Teen Impact, or Teenage Impact, I'm sorry. Um, could you just tell us a little bit about it? I started Teenage Impact. Well, I had the idea of Teenage Impact April, May-ish of 2019, but I didn't really start interviewing people end of July. And the whole goal with Teenage Impact was to become a media company, the, the go-to website, organization, brand for teenage kids to go to whenever they're having some type of struggle in their life. It's the, you know, my future goals with Teenage Impact is to be the, like the go-to mental health, self-help company for teens. And that's, you know, that's my vision for it. Yeah. And um, did you kind of find that your experience as a high schooler kind of inspired you to do it? Or was it kind of something else that drove you to start it? I started to survey different teenagers. I think I surveyed like 50, 60 teenagers on um, what kind of content that they want. And mostly everyone had problems with mental health. Yeah, In the beginning, I thought I was going to do, okay, entrepreneurship for teens. And I was going to create a book for teens but revolving around entrepreneurship tips and no one really cared about that most people didn't care about that most people cared about mental health depression anxiety suicidal thoughts confidence issues and that was the main topic so around that may june area that's when i became you know what i'm going to actually interview people regarding mental health and overcoming adversity and i'm going to create Teenage Impact. And Teenage Impact website didn't actually come until probably December-ish or January, but the name of my podcast was there since end of July 2019. So in your experience, what has what's something like super effective when it comes to maybe like dealing with mental health issues as a teen? Mm-hmm. Well, I've dealt with a lot of anxiety um, in my life. I've always put unbearable pressure on myself. You know, there's times where I couldn't go to sleep. There's times where I just can't even concentrate. I've 
I haven't been diagnosed depressed, but I'm pretty sure I have been mm-hmm. depressed because there's been like periods of my life where I couldn't just get up out of bed. And I had four friends pass away from a car accident. But what's really helped me, don't be ashamed to open up to people. If it's not your parents that you can't trust, maybe it's a friend's parents, maybe it's an aunt or an uncle, maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's a coach. Open up to some trusted adult because I, I never did until later on, until um, my mid-20s. That's when I started opening up to, to people. But in high school, I just thought, you know, I'm going to suck it up. And, you know, I got, it, it gets worse over time if you suck it up. It, it builds up over time until you get to a point. I've interviewed a lot of people where they just get, that's how they get involved with drugs and alcohol. That's how they get involved with getting in trouble. That's how they get more depressed. That's how they get suicidal thoughts. Open up to people. It is extremely important. Right. And you mentioned before that you've interviewed a lot of like teens who've gone through this or like kind of experts who know a lot about this subject. Is there like a common trend you see in the stories they tell or maybe like the things that they're informing you about? Absolutely. There, even in my book, I have the top 10 takeaways. And I would say I'm just going to give you just a couple, couple of takeaways from it. One thing, like I said, opening up everyone that I've talked to, I don't think there's one person that ever said, don't open up. <laughs> Every single person I talk to who, you know, people whose parents been divorced, um, they went, got sentenced to 14 years in prison, got released after four years because they kept in, you know, a lot of their struggles, major drug addiction to the point where they got homeless, different, different things. They all said, open up. I would say uh, meditation. Every morning I do like 10 or 15 minutes of meditation. You can go on YouTube and you can type in guided meditation. Um, So I'm really glad you brought up your book, Never Fight Alone. It just came out. Super exciting news. Um, Could you just like tell us what the book's about? um, What kind of people will find when they open it up and read? Sure. Uh, Never Fight Alone is a compilation of 51 inspiring interviews to help you overcome your struggles and improve your mental health. Some of the people in this book, people who have been sexually abused at the age of six, people who have eating disorders, diagnosed with bipolar disorders, sentenced to 14 years in prison, got released uh, after four years and then spoken in over 600 schools around the world, uh, who else had an interview? Someone who was born with dwarfism and then got a surgery at the age of 15, got paralyzed from the waist down. You know, these inspirational stories and they share their stories, how they overcame some of those struggles and tips for anyone facing the same thing or similar struggle, struggles. I would just wanted to talk about um, your book chapters. So like each one kind of contains another story and interview. Um, Is there one in particular that's kind of stuck with you or like made you change something about how you viewed the world or just people in general? I would say, actually, I'm going to list out two that really stuck out with me. One was Mark Merrill and one was Nathan Harmon. Mark Merrill is a former professional wrestler. Um, He wrestled for the WWF and he 
you know, wrestle like the famous wrestlers and, he, you know, he made millions of dollars, but still addicted to drugs, depressed. His mom died one time. He actually has a viral video with millions and millions of views on Facebook. You can probably check it out. But he talks about, he made a video with his mom, um, how his mom died while he was in Japan on tour. And he would always treat his mom, like he, he would be a jerk to his mom, say, mom, I'm too busy for you. I don't have time for you. Can you stop lecturing me? All this stuff. But when he found out his mom was dead, you know, everything dropped, you know, he couldn't even, he just wished he could just go back and be nice to his mom. And pretty much his whole family died in the past, you know, 10 years, his siblings, his, his mom, his dad. And it's very sad. A lot of his friends died. But then after he quit wrestling in his mid forties, like I said, no one ever truly knows what they want to do. Even though he's a professional wrestler, he still wasn't satisfied. But then when he starts speaking to youth, I think he just turned 60. I think he just turned 60. So he's been kind of doing this for almost 15 years. But now he speaks, you know, before the corona thing, 100 to 200 schools worldwide every single year. Making an impact. You know, he has, this is what he's passionate about. And Nathan Harmon is also a youth speaker, most book um, presenter, youth speaker in the world or in the country. And he, that's, that's the story where I told you he went to prison for 14 years for drinking and driving and killing his best friend in his car seat. And then his, his best friend, one of his friends told him, say, hey, we forgive you. Like this next week, they say, we forgive you, but we want you to do something good with your life. So in prison, he started reading, he started speaking in prison, and they let him out saying, you're better out there in the world than you are in prison. So... He started speaking in schools. One school turned to 10, 10 to 30, 30 to 100, 100 to now like six, seven, eight hundred schools he has spoken around. So we're going to kind of transition into a Q&A time. So a couple awesome listeners submitted some questions for you. And if you want to submit your own questions, you can follow the Bright Eyed Pod on Instagram. Um, so Max from Huntington Beach, California, asks if you have any words of advice for teens who are kind of struggling with substance abuse problems. For me, I'm not going to speak for everyone because I'm not a specialist. But I know for me, when you're not on substances, that's when you start having the most clarity in your life. I've definitely, since I've kind of slowed down drinking, I've had a lot more clarity in my life on what I want. And I know that drinking definitely affects my vocal cords. So I definitely cut back on that. And I know I can't give my best self in podcasting. I can't give my best self in giving speaking engagements if I'm drinking. So for you, what my advice that's worked for me, it may not work for everyone is find your purpose and go all in on that purpose. Because once you're so consumed in your calling in life, you're not going to be so consumed with trying to do drugs and alcohol. Another question we had is from Esther from Southern California, and she wants to know, as a youth motivational speaker, where do you get invited to speak? I got invited to high schools. Um, uh, I just got, like I said, I got a speaking engagement for Summit. It's called One Voice Summit, and it's in it's a college 
what's it's called a college, but it's actually a elementary, middle school, and high school. It's over 400 years old, but the Shanghai School in China is only, you know, founded in 2003. So I get invited to summits, conferences, middle schools, high schools. That's super cool. Um, well, that's all the questions that I have today, but I genuinely have learned a lot. Like right now, problems seem like really big, but if you just like keep that hope and persistence, um, it turns into something really great. And I think your story is a testament to that. Um, but before we kind of close out, if the whole world was listening to you right now, what would you say? Create your underdog story. I would say create your underdog story, whatever challenge you have or whatever area of weakness you have. It's easy to let it define you. But if you work hard, if you stay persistent long enough, you can define your underdog story, just like how I overcame being bad in speaking, being bullied in speaking, going to speech therapy, and now becoming an inspirational speaker. Maybe people have been telling you you're not healthy enough or you're too skinny or you're too big and you can become a gym a personal trainer or own a gym or maybe people are telling you you're too dumb go become a doctor or maybe maybe people have been maybe you come from a broken household and there's a lot of abuse go become a family therapist i don't know but whatever you're going through create your own, own underdog story and don't let that problem define you you should define that problem Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you can, I'd really appreciate if you guys left a quick rating and review on the podcast. It takes just about 10 minutes for you to support. You can also check out my Instagram at the bright eye pod for more great content. Stay tuned next week for another inspiring interview, but until then I'll talk to you soon. Bye.